On October 2nd, the State Commission on Legislative, Judicial, and Executive Compensation held its first meeting of the year as the panel begins its statutory work of making potentially binding recommendations by the end of the year on judicial compensation in New York with a separate report on executive and legislative compensation due in November of next year. To discuss the work of evaluating and setting the pay for judges in the Empire State, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by former State Court of Appeals Judge Eugene M. Fahey, who serves as chair of the commission as the appointee of New York's chief judge. The commission held its first public hearing on October 13th and is scheduled to hold another public hearing on Halloween. Welcome to the show, Judge Fahey. Good morning or good afternoon, wherever you may be. (laughs) Exactly. So every four years since 2015, the commission has been convened to begin uh, the two-year process of evaluating salaries for judges and, and then members of the state legislature and certain executive branch employees. Where are we in that process now as we speak on uh, October 17th of 2023? Well, we're at the beginning of the process. The statute requires that the commission first evaluate pay raises for judges and the issue of pay raises and whether or not pay raises should be given for judges. And the evaluation takes place every four years. And then after that, in the following year, which would be 24 for us, you look at the issue of pay raises for legislators and uh, exempt employees under Chapter 169 in the state budget. So uh, first we do judges, then we do essentially uh, the issue of legislators, and then we look at whether or not exempt employees who work for the governor, people like commissioners of departments, um, should be entitled to a pay raise. And to be clear, when we're talking about judicial compensation, what types of judges do you and the commission have oversight of? In New York right now, there are about uh, 3,100 judges. Almost two-thirds of those judges are town and village judges, and and we do not have control over them. They they work directly for the towns or the villages. We're talking, so here in this, the commission's work is talking about city court judges, in its various forms in New York City, housing court judges, county court judges throughout the state, and those would be criminal judges, family court judges, surrogate court judges, then state Supreme Court judges, which is the highest trial-level court in New York, uh, then appellate division and court of appeals judges. And that amounts to about 1,300 judges statewide. So when you began this process, was your mindset that the commission's job was to decide whether judges need a pay raise, or is that a foregone conclusion to you? And the question is just how much salaries should increase across these different positions we're talking about. No, uh, I think you have to look at the past experience of previous commissions. This commission in its present legislative form uh, has met two different times before. In 2016, 2015, and 2016, they recommended pay raises for judges, but no pay raises for legislators. Uh, In 2020, no pay raises were recommended. So I think each commission looks at the circumstances that it's confronted with right now in 2023, we're looking at a situation where, say for judges, there's been um, no pay raise for almost five years. And if we do not give a pay raise uh, or any salary increase for now, it'll be uh, almost nine years since they've had a pay raise at the end of our term, since we only meet every four years. One interesting point, though, is the commission's authority is if we agree to uh, grant a, a salary increase in any specific area, that becomes law 
automatically unless the legislature acts to uh, negate the act of the commission. In other words, they'd have to pass a specific piece of legislation to negate the grant of any pay increase. It's never happened, but the legislature retains that authority to do it itself. But coming back to that question, though, it sounds like, based on the experience that you laid out for the commission's past work, that you do think it's not just a question of whether they get a raise this time, but you're coming at this with the mindset that it's just about figuring how much to raise wages. I'm not going to tell you that. Um, That's up for the commission to decide as a whole. Um, It's a very prestigious group of people. We have seven different commissioners. Three are appointed by the governor, uh, two by the chief judge, and then one each by the Speaker of the Assembly and the Majority Leader of the Senate. And these people are serious people. And my impression so far, and I didn't know everybody before, um, but they're very hardworking, intelligent, and much more experienced in state government even than I am. So I I don't want to engage in premature adjudication. I think that they're going to hear everything, and then they're going to decide, number one, should there be a raise? And then if so, what the raise should be. I will say that we just had a public hearing, and uh, I thought that the uh, uh, people that spoke made a very compelling argument for a pay raise. Well, yeah, one of the arguments that you heard at that first public hearing was on behalf of the chief administrative judge who warned that attrition on the bench and an inability to recruit new judges is sort of taking hold in the system due to stagnant salaries. Did that messaging resonate with you? The chief judge did a, an excellent job in making that argument. Uh, we haven't voted on anything yet, and I hope to try and resolve the issue of judges, and before we move on to the uh, legislators and exempt employees, um, before Thanksgiving. And uh, so we should have an answer by that point. But here's the way you approach this issue. Number one, should there be a pay raise at all? And then number two, if there's a pay raise, what do you use to evaluate uh, pay raises for judges? And the arguments seem to come down into two basic forms. One is the benchmark argument. A state Supreme Court judge, under this argument, should be paid the same as a uh, a federal district court judges. They're the highest trial-level judges in their respective jurisdictions, and uh, New York is one of the preeminent judiciaries, not just in the United States, but frankly in the world, um, given the kind of commercial litigation we engage in and the history and effect of uh, New York's jurisprudence. So that's one set, that's one type of argument. Federal judges, that's the benchmark. That's what our trial judges should be getting, our highest trial judges, and everybody else is a percentage above or below that. The second one is to look at Uh, and this is commonly done too, what do employees in the state, what have they been getting in pay raises recently? And in my research, it seems that uh, uh, CSEA uh, employees, which are the largest number of state employees, they've recently gotten uh, uh, 3% over three years, 3% each year for three years, amounted to a 9% pay raise recently. Also for uh, PEF, uh, the Public Employees Federation Union, same three, three, and three pay raises. And I think UUP, which are the uh, state uh, education system employees, are also three, three, and three. So they're all at about 9% pay raises over uh, a three-year period. So that's another benchmark that we could look at for what the state's been able to afford and what's been considered a reasonable pay raise. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll look at 
federal salaries. Say a, a federal uh, district court judge right now makes $232,600 in in 2023, a state Supreme Court judge in New York makes $210,900. Now, here's an interesting thing, and it falls into your logic. A 10% increase, which is very close also to the 9% that uh, state employees get, would uh, bring us to the federal district court judge benchmark. So the numbers all seem to converge under either type of analysis. But we really haven't gotten there yet to even have that kind of discussion either internally or publicly in the in, in our hearings. And uh, until the hearings are done after the 31st, I don't think that discussion is going to take place. And then the plan is on November 4th and maybe another uh, public hearing, another public meeting, not a public hearing, will be necessary. Then that's when we'll really get into those numbers and that type of analysis. You made the comparison with federal judicial positions. How, if at all, do you want to incorporate what judges are paid in other states when setting how much New York judges get paid? I've looked at them, and I anticipate that the report we received from the Office of Court Administration will look at them, too. Interestingly, New York ranks ninth for its state Supreme Court judges uh, in terms of its raw salary. If you uh, factor in... uh, cost of living in New York drops down to 12th nationwide. Um, so for the size and the prominence of our judiciary, New York's um, lagging by, lagging back, I'd say, significantly. Um, give you an example. Uh, the state of Washington is, high, is higher than us. Uh, Pennsylvania, which is certainly comparable to us, is higher. Florida is number three nationwide. Hawaii, D.C., California, as expect, would move with its number one in the country in terms of what's paid. And Illinois, which is also comparable, I think, is uh, uh, number two in the country. So uh, I think New York at this point lagging behind what uh, um, the other members of the judiciary are paid in states throughout the country. You brought up the comparison of the public workforce, whether it's CSEA, PEF, UUP, and some of those positions will have their salary compensation vary based on where they are working in the state because different parts of the state have a significant different cost of living. Is that something that should be factored in for these judges? Because I can understand why maybe 210000 is not as attractive for a judge in the New York City area, but that's pretty much living high on the hog if you're a a judge in the North Country, for example. So does there need to be some sort of regional differentiation? Uh, You know, that comes up all the time. It's it's an interesting issue. I've given it some thought. Um, I don't know if I agree with it. Um, The way I understand the arguments, and that's for what we call a pay differential, the argument for it is you should should be paid more where the costs are the highest. Um, Would you agree that that seems to be what the argument is. Sure. Yeah, that's what it seems to be to me. Um, Here's what I think about that. First, um, I think people throughout the state should get equal pay for equal work. If you do a particular job, and whether you're a state Supreme Court judge in Syracuse or you're a state Supreme Court judge in Queens, um, you're doing the same work. And if you're doing the same work, you should get equal pay. There should be, as a principle, equal pay for equal work. now, the wealthiest communities um, under that formula, under the pay differential, would always receive the highest pay. And I think that those kind of differentiations 
create endless problems. For instance, it costs more to live in Manhattan than it does to live in the Bronx. But they're both in New York City, and under that principle, there'd be a pay differential. Or if not, maybe say everybody in New York would get a pay differential and you wouldn't. Then what about Westchester County? Probably costs more to live there than it costs to live in parts of New York City. Um, uh, I think the, the the only fair way to do it is if you do a particular job, I think everybody should be paid the same for that job. And that's always been the case in federal district court judges. A federal district court judge in Idaho is paid the same as a federal district court judge in Scranton, Pennsylvania, or in Roanoke, Virginia. Um, We are one state, and our employees should be treated as such. If they do a a particular job, uh, it should be valued equally throughout the state. So the pay differential argument, I'm only speaking for myself. I do not personally agree with it. Well, finally, if you think about a future where judges in New York are awarded salary increases, maybe on par with what the chief administrative judge is hoping for in order to address those issues of attrition and recruitment, what does that mean for the overall judiciary? What are the improvements or uh, outcomes that we should be able to expect with that increased investment? How can we actually see the benefits play out in the judiciary? The way I understand Judge Zayas's argument, um, I think what he was saying was that uh, um, we need to keep the judges that we have. We have good judges in New York. They're well-respected. That's why New York is the place most commonly chosen throughout the United States as a a venue to bring your uh, case, should there be a dispute, say, in commercial litigation, New York and and Delaware. Um, It's because our judges are good. They know what they're doing. They have a lot of experience. They're capable. They're hardworking. And uh, um, they're well-respected. So, I, I I think that's the basis for his argument. But listen, there is a bigger argument. We have to, as a society, preserve the institutions that protect our values. And right now, um, we're under enormous pressure to um, have every dispute in our society turned into a political argument about where you are and what side you're on in a particular issue. There needs to be a place where an objective application of the law that preserves our basic democratic principles can be applied. And that place is in a courtroom. And it's my belief that the best judges uh, aim to preserve those democratic values where, where our Constitution is the byword that's applied equally to all of us. And how do you do that? You do that by having the best people having the best people committed to the highest values of a democracy. And that means we've got to pay them to do it. I don't think they, they, should, they shouldn't be paid uh, um, like a partner in a, in a major law firm. They should be able to make a decent middle-class living um, and uh, be able to um, have a house, have a car, pay for the kids to go to school, and pay their bills. Um, that that's I think the basic dignity um, that's required for a functioning judiciary. So I think the judiciary is special, and uh, we need to protect it in New York. And one of the ways, not the only way, but one of the ways that we protect it is by making sure that they're fairly compensated. 
Well, we've been speaking with former State Court of Appeals Judge Eugene M. Fahey, who serves as chair of the State Commission on Legislative, Judicial, and Executive Compensation. Judge Fahey, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.